Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you actually like. My name is Yasmin Evian, and joining me, we have Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. Hello, Yasmin. I'm going to use my Turner Classic Movies leading man voice throughout the show. I'm going to pretend like Because I realize that we, are, we want to create a fantasy of the air for our listeners, and... If you just see me with a Ronald Coleman mustache and a martini in my hand, perhaps it'll lend extra weight and credence to the things that I'm saying. <laughs> uh, first, let's tackle feedback. So as many of you guys know, we are a part of an awesome uh, network called Relay FM, and it's a great network that has awesome shows, you know, but we are the only Google and Android uh, show on that network. And, you know, I knew going into it that we would be kind of the underdog fighting fighting for the Google and Android uh, universe in an Apple-centric world. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of didn't know it would come to this, uh, Russell. Some of the shows have uh, started picking fights with us. Yeah, so we, we got a really nice uh, shout out on Connected. Got another one on Upgrade, two, two great Relay FM shows. And um, we got one on Isometric as well. I'm a, I'm a regular listener to that podcast. I find it impossible to believe that any of the nice people on that show could have possibly said anything nasty about us. I, I'm listening, but I'm skeptical. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Andy. I, I'm a huge fan of Isometric as well. I, that's in my regular rotation. I listen to it every week. You know, I, I Generally, that's one of the few shows you know, I make it all the way through. So it, it was quite funny at the end. You know, They were saying, you know, it's a great show. It makes the, the Google universe kind of approachable for... Uh, I guess people that kind of live in the the Apple universe more, and I, I thought that was that was really you know solid feedback for us. And then right at the end, you know, they got into uh, I guess what what is their comedy routine, and they were saying you know who would win in a fight? You know, has Andy done any martial arts? You know, has Yasmin been training uh, robot killer chickens? <laughs> what what kind of koalas has Russell got? You know, and how big are they? And I I don't think we even need to go there. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that. Um, in a Google-centered world, if there ever was a fight to go down, I think we'd be notified it about it. You know, a good thirty minutes ahead, Google Now would pop up and it'd be like, "Hey, Russell, uh, these these people are coming to get you. You should probably get on the next bus." And I'd be like, "Oh, thanks, Google. Mm. I should get on the next yeah, bus." Yeah, I mean, I, I I was called out specifically, so I I suppose it's my responsibility to uh, to directly uh, respond. Um, I don't know uh, Georgia and Maddie as well as I know uh, Brianna. Uh, but uh, George and Maddie, they're definitely mammals, which means that the law of averages insists that they would definitely have a tactical an- advantage over me. My uh, my fighting stats against mammals are really, really bad. Fish, kind of a push. You might, it's even money in a fish uh, sort of fight. Uh, but yeah, I, I myself would put, be putting money on uh, Georgia or Maddie in that sort of situation. My, I mean, my usual fighting tactic would be to under the guise of slipping on the gloves and you know having difficulty lacing them up try to steer the conversation towards like uh, uh, classic episodes of mash or columbo and if they are also a fan of columbo we can start talking about our favorite episodes and hopefully by the time cuz i can talk about that like all day long and i'm i'm guessing that they would have the ring rented for only about an hour because uh, like in a city ring, you can't get them for more like than blocks of two. So by the time like we get to the actual fight, the the deposit will be up, uh, and I don't think they'd be willing to like spend for another hour. We reschedule for another week. We pretend they're conflicts. We try to get together on Slack. Uh, I pretend that I'm not subscribed to the right channel. Uh, that's the, that's <laughs> usually my that's the, the ways that I fight. Uh, it's it's a dirty fight, but it leaves my face relatively unmarked by 
uh, well, I did jump off of the top of a fridge <laughs> when I was five years old. So there was, is a scar, but uh, it's not even an interesting you know, scar. I actually have a fridge fridge scar as well. I'm just saying, George, don't don't hit me, Georgia <laughs> man. It's it's. I mean, it, it will, it'll make you lurk worse than me because it'll be like, oh my god, this is sad. Why why did they why did they beat up on that really defenseless guy who doesn't even talk a good game? He talks a very sad game. Well, see that that's where I'd be able to help you out, Andy, because <laughs> I I don't specialize in fighting, but I do specialize in the trash talk. You know, it's it's a particular brand of trash talk. I think it's very intimidating personally and i think all we have to do is rename the host of the show i mean you've got georgia dow i think we just rename her to georgia ow you got maddie myers maddie goodbyes steve lubitz we can just rename to steve nobits and brianna Wu. just change her name to brianna goo and boom we've won i think that's all it will take surely i'm glad I'm, I'm glad you have a i'm glad you have a distinctive accent so we can make sure that they'll know that it's not me it was you or, or yes me it was you from the safety of having a title ocean might I say, which is kind of a cowardly act. Okay, I don't mean to turn against my own, but if it means that I'm the last one to be killed and eaten by these people, I'll turn on both of you. No problem. It's, we're only in episode three. Okay, we're not that close at this point. And of course, this is all in good fun. Uh, we love everyone at Relay FM. They've been really nice and kind with us, um, and we've loved, you know, talking to you guys and teasing each other and so thank you connected upgrade and isometric for giving us some love and a shout out and everyone at really fm for making us feel a part of the family so i don't know if you guys know this um but i recently started a new internship and so at google at at google no i wish (laughs) that would that would be awesome (laughs) then we could start another podcast interning at google um you could even make a movie about that maybe mm, I don't know if it's ready for a movie. Maybe if <laughs> just okay. I th- I think the box office response to that movie absolutely underscores your conclusion there. <laughs> the, the the figures the figures bear that conclusion out. Yes, me. So one of the things of you know starting a new job and you uh, position at a company or anything is that you got to find a way to get the email onto your phone and kind of connect it into your life. And usually I like to compartmentalize my accounts, meaning I like to have, you know, my my Gmail account that's attached to all my Google Plus and everything kind of connected on my phone. But generally, I like to have my work email and anything of that nature on a separate app that's not necessarily connected to my Google Apps account login, uh, just because I kind of want to want to get a break from work and don't want to have it kind of, you know, always in, in my face when I'm at home. But one of the things that I've noticed is that this new job, they do lots and lots of meetings. And so what I was running into the issue was that the meetings were not necessarily coming into my feeding into my calendar and my Google Now um, updates. So it kind of added some um, barriers to my life. It wasn't integrated as nicely. And so I kind of took the plunge and I added the account to my, because it's a Google Apps account. So I added it to my phone and just like magic, Google now started taking all that information and started providing me useful things like, hey, that meeting is about to start in five minutes. Here's a little card. And hey, you have six other meetings after this. Um, so I, I, I took it, I went in, and I just accepted the fact that this was now going to be a part of my life. And so that's kind of one of the topics that I want to talk about today is Google Now and just kind of tell our listeners, you know, who may not use Google Now, what Google Now kind of does for our lives and how, how it affects our lives. So Andy, what is Google Now? 
uh, Google Now is uh, the swipe that you get, the screen that you get when you swipe to the left from your browser, uh, from your launcher uh, first page. Uh, and it's right there because it's so important. Uh, the idea is for Google to use two things they do really, really well, which is one of which is to watch what you're doing every moment that you're doing it, which, yes, is quite creepy, but there's a, there's a payoff to this. Uh, and also to make a lot of really good, uh, educated assumptions based on what it's watching everybody do. So as a result, it becomes really, really good the more you use uh, Google services and the more you use specifically an Android phone or Android uh, or Google-based devices, the better it gets at figuring out what information you need and when you typically need to get it. So whereas any smartwatch, any phone, any web uh, utility can pop up an alert saying that, hey, you say you seem to have told us early, in, earlier that you have a meeting at 11 p.m. 11 a.m. today and you told us to alert you 50 minutes beforehand. So this now this now is that alert. But Google now can go that step beyond and simply figure out that here is the thing that you're if you're if you're going to. Uh, if if you are traveling uh, uh, today, here is the. It knows that you've got tickets on this Amtrak train. It, it knows that you're leaving from this train station. It knows that here's how much time it's going to take you to get from where you are right now to that station, and the buses or whatever routes you're going to need to take to get there. It also knows who you're going to be meeting with to make sure that you never have to look for stuff. You just swipe once from the top of your of, of your launcher page, and there are cards for pretty much everything you're likely to want to know. And that gets pretty deep, uh, particularly if you find yourself using uh, – if you use Chrome as your main browser because it also is paying attention to your browsing history and your search history, which is, again, super, super creepy until you realize that there is a – it learned that you're actually, you're really, really, really interested in an uh, in iOS 9.0. And so it simply figured out that, oh, here's a really talked about news article about iOS 9. If he's been looking a lot of for information about this, I bet he's going to want to see this. And so there is now a card with a link to this article that it found for you that it thought you're going to want to see. And it's, I mean, it's, imagine, I like to put it like this, like imagine that you've hired, hired a personal assistant and you figured that, well, I've set up a desk in a corner of the office where there's the phone and there's the, and there's all the paperwork and I'm going to do and the stuff I'll, I'll want this assistant to do. Uh, and you figure that he's going to, he or she is going to do pretty much what I tell them to do. And that's what their tasks are. And then one day you realize that you left the house and you forgot to like take the theater tickets that you're going to take. And then you look in your jacket to get your phone and say, oh, here are the tickets. My assistant knew I was going to the theater, figured that I might forget these. And so he or she went into my closet, knew what jacket I was going to wear, and put them in that pocket to make sure it would be right there when I go get it. Again, creepy on the surface of it. But then when you realize that, oh, this service is just really understands me really, really well and can anticipate my needs before even I can figure out that that's what I want to do. So it's you get over the creepiness after the first time that it really saves your bacon or after the first time it does something that – and here's an overused word – just actually delights you that, oh, you didn't have to – I didn't have to ask you for that information. You just knew that if I – when I turn my watch, I'm going to want to see this and you gave that – okay, there you go. Here's – now you, you, you now have full access to my underwear drawer. <laughs> I trust that you're not going to abuse this privilege. Yeah, and I had two very interesting um, experiences with Google Now in the early days. The, the very first time I used it, I turned it on on my iPhone. You know, I installed this Google app. I'm like, what is this Google Now thing that everyone's talking about? I'm going to turn it on, see what it's like. I think I left it on for two days. And I'm like, oh, I, I really don't see the point of this. Like it's telling me how long it takes to get home. You know, why, why do I care? And then it was probably about six months later that I, I, you know, I tried switching to Android and I installed it, you know, just came pre-installed on my Android phone. 
and we were just about to go on holidays. And, you know, I'd already booked all my tickets. I'd already, um, we'd already had the hotel booked. Everything was, you know, in my email. I had receipts there. And the day before I left, these little cards started popping up. It's like, hey, here's your flight. You know, here's what time you need to leave for the airport. Here's what time uh, it, it gets there. And then the day of the flight, it's like, hey, here's, here's what gate it's going to be at. Here's whether it's running on time. And then some of the things that really surprised me is we went on holidays and it started to pop up all these really interesting things. You know, there was the, the obvious stuff. It says, hey, here's the hotel that you're staying at. Here's how you get there from the airport. You know, do you want directions? Do you want to, do you want to take a bus? Do you want to this? I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And then just throughout that holiday, just all the little things it did were just really nice. Like it would give you the time back home. It just knew, hey, you're in a different time zone. You're probably curious, like what's the time, you know, at home? So it would pop that up. Um, it knew the kind of places we were Googling. So at night, my wife and I would sit down and we'd go, oh, maybe we should visit this place or maybe we should visit this place. Where's this place? And I, I thought in the back of my head, I'm like, how am I going to send this to my phone? I'll, I'll worry about it like another time. doesn't matter. We get in the car the next day. And there's these Google Now cards. It's like, hey, do you want to go to this place? And it's the, all the places that we were Googling. And it's it's kind of that line, isn't it? When you, you kind of give up all your information to Google, you start to get all these amazing, you know, things in return. And I think by the end of that holiday, I was just completely sold on it. I'm like, I can't, cannot live without this, this Google Now thing. And I think the final thing that sealed it is we were out with some friends. Um, you know, I think we got somewhere at about 12. We we're having lunch and we went all these different places. And then it got to about six, seven o'clock and they're like, where did we park our car? And everyone's like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. We're in a new place. Yeah. Um, it's, it's completely weird. No, none of us knew, <laughs> knew where the car was. And I'm like, you know what? I, I seem to remember that there's a feature um, for this in Google Now. I swipe across and there's my parking location. And I'm like, surely this can't be accurate. How does it know where I, I left my car? I tap on it. It leads us exactly back to where our car is. And I think at that point, I'm like, all in, I'm sold. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. And one of the nice one of the nice things about uh, 2015 is that now Google has extended access to the Google Now screen to third party apps. So it's good. And so it's if you weren't scared enough allowing Google to have access to your life, imagine now you're extending it to all the other apps that are on your phone. So there's some there's some sample stuff uh, on uh, Google's uh, landing page for this feature, and it shows you things that. Actually, stop getting you scared because, like, uh, if you've got home, if you've got the Internet of Things software that uh, controls like your door locks, the ability to when you're leaving, the, when you're a mile away from the house, a Google Now card will simply be added to the stack from this app saying, "Oh, you do know that the front door is unlocked. If you didn't intend to do that, tap this, and I will lock the door for you." Uh, or uh, fitness apps that can tell you what you're you're about halfway towards your goals. You want you're trying to hit eight thousand steps. You're only at, at four thousand steps. It really is the ability to make sure that you don't have to keep drilling into two dozen apps to to maintain a good focus on what your life is. There's just, again, swipe left once from the top page of your launcher. Anything that's that uh, your phone, whether it's iOS running the Google app uh, or your watch or anything else, thinks is important to you, it will put that in there right now. And uh, you know you don't want to you don't want to find out that your house is on fire, but you don't have to be you don't need to have to be responsible to keep launching an app to find out your house is on fire. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with it. People think that I've just been like recruited into the Borg when I show them how much information I'm giving up in order to get these features. It's actually hard to imagine what would be an absolute hard no, like what information I absolutely, no question under no circumstances would I expose to Google if I thought that it was going to, that information was going to benefit me. Um, I mean, can, can you think of anything that you would never, ever in a hundred years, if it would, even if it would add like one year to your life, if you were able to tell it, let, let it see this part of your life. 
Uh, I think Google pretty much sees everything except for maybe not so much inside my house, although I do have the Nest thermostat, so it knows (laughs) when I'm walking by or not. But yeah, I, I've, I'm kind of okay with giving Google that access. And I know I am one of those people that's like always on board, kind of like when we heard the now on tap uh, when they announced it at Google I.O. I was so excited that it was going to be able to kind of read what was on my, my phone screen because one of the things is like, you know, when you're planning an event um, with a friend and if you do that via email, Google now can quickly, you know, go through your email and say, hey, it looks like you're having lunch with your friend tomorrow. Would you like me to add that to your calendar? And then it automatically gets added in there and there's nothing you have to do. Well, that works great for email. But one of the things is a lot of my uh, event planning also happens like via text message. And so I'm thinking, oh, I really don't want to like go into my calendar and just add, hey, I'm having lunch with Russell tomorrow. You know, please remind me to do that and kind of setting up that event. I just want it to automatically see that I'm going to have lunch with someone. And I was having this conversation via text message. And now with now on tap, you can do that. And so it's I'm really excited for for giving Google kind of that access even to my app life. Um, I guess one of the things that I wouldn't want Google to see is probably my financial data, but they probably already see that with my email (laughs) that they're going through. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things with the now on tap that people are really afraid was, okay, are they going to be able to see all the data and all the apps? And I am under the impression that you have to activate now on tap by swiping up either, you know, right. So for it to actually see and read the data. So that makes me, that that puts me like more at ease and I'm not so worried about it. Um, But I don't know. What about you guys, Russell? Yeah. I mean, I'm the same. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that it's creepy to think of a human being sitting down there and reading my email and trying to plan out my day. But you know, I'm a, I'm a programmer by trade. And when I think of an algorithm looking th- through my email, I'm actually perfectly fine with that. You know, someone sat down and coded something that say, says, hey, if you see these things, it probably means this. And you, you start to get into this interesting area of, of computer science. And I think this is where Google is pushing into. I mean, they, they use all these buzzwords. You've got machine learning, you've got deep neural networks, you've got Google's full knowledge graph. And I got to confess, I'm not some kind of weird genius programmer. I don't really understand how any of these things work. All I kind of understand is what they do for me. So if you think about, you know, Google talks about, oh, we have this full knowledge graph. I'm like, what, what on earth is that? And we have machine learning. And they, they demonstrated it in Google Photos, I think, best. You know, I can go to my Photos album and I can be, okay, in May I want photos of me at the beach. And boom, like all the photos that, that Google recognize, hey, you know, there's sand, there's sky, there's some water. This is probably a beach. And they, they did that just from all these years that they've had, you know, Google image search and they've been trying to categorize, um, you know, what, what kind of image means what. And that really comes back, you know, it, when they kind of tie that into a product. I find that really compelling. You know, if Google said to me, hey, we know what beaches look like, I'm like, yeah, so what? Like, I know what beaches look like as well. This is not an achievement. But when you think about it, it's like, no, 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 no. An algorithm knows the things that uh, make up a beach. They know what's in a scene. They know if it's people. They know if it's cats. And they can even start to try and determine what's happening in those scenes. You know, am I on a computer, for example? Am I doing something else? And to me, that's that's where it starts to get really powerful. You combine all these things together. Um, you link them all up. You have this entire sort of database that Google has. And as they're starting to 
link some of these things, which they haven't really done you know, before. Interesting things start to happen, I think. Yeah. And the thing is that Google doesn't always get it right. Um, I don't own a cat. I own a dog. And so it's funny, you know, when Google Photos gives you a list of items that you have in your photos, one of them was cats. And so I clicked on it and the pictures of my dog came up. And so it, it's not perfect, but it's actually pretty, pretty darn good. Um, yeah, and I'm kind of with you, Russell. It's a computer that's kind of going through it. It's not an actual person that's kind of going through all my email. And if Google, you know, was an actual person, as my daughter believes, um, I don't know if I'd be as comfortable, but I guess it's, I, I'm just in denial of who actually wants to read my my data. But, I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of people do, so... <laughs> I, I do wonder if that's why they chose a few different um, paths with their personal assistant as well. Like you look at Siri on the iPhone and it, it's it's a very purposeful attempt to make your personal assistant more human where I found that the most interesting thing about the assistant on my Android phone is it's very much set up to act like a computer. Like it doesn't really have a personality. Um, it doesn't give you funny jokes. It, it doesn't do all the, the quirky things that, you know, Siri was designed to do. And I wonder whether they actually did that on purpose. So to be... To kind of set up that line and say no, this is this is a robot, you know, doing all this. This is your personal assistant, sure, but there's no no sort of personality behind it. It's just you know algorithms. Mm. I, I think it I think it speaks to the difference in personality between Google and Apple, uh, where um, despite the fact that uh, the 1970s was now 40 years ago, I think the culture of Apple is still a group of hippies trying to make fantastic things to change the world. And so their first instinct when they're trying to create a personal assistant is to create a real person that you can sort of emotionally connect to. Whereas I do think that the origins of Google is still that that research project, that grad research project to, uh, to do a better version of search. And all the stuff that they do is still based on the personality of a project that comes out of a university where you don't necessarily have to have one project that rules the rules and changes and improves the world. But here's an interesting idea. Let's pursue it. And there are other there are 18 other people who are also pursuing interesting ideas. So they might do something that is algorithmically a lot more flashy, but not quite so human. Sometimes Apple gets hamstrung by one of their larger principles. There's, there are limits to how much Siri can know about you and how much Siri can do because uh, particularly with the next version of the OS, they're trying to say that, look, we are not communicating with the server. We are trying to do as much as possible that's just happening on your phone itself. So not only are we not interested in your personal data, but in most circumstances, we're not even seeing your personal data, which is great if you if you value privacy, but not so good if you are interested in the sort of features you can get when you take one piece of information and collate it with 100 other pieces of information. I mean, and, and that's also part of the scary part of all of this. Um, I've been wearing uh, off and on like a $13 Chinese fitness band uh, uh, to test it out because it's dirt cheap. But it works great. Uh, and but unfortunately, but I also have like, you know, an actual smartwatch on my on my left wrist. So I can only uh, wear it like uh, on my right. And so I found myself uh, like cleaning the kitchen, like as I as I do almost every night. And like I'm scrubbing a pot. And so I got the scrubber in my right hand, and I'm just going scrub, 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 and it suddenly occurs to me that a sufficiently sophisticated and intrusive like data collection app connected to this band would say, okay, what activities can somebody engage in that involves that motion with their right hand? 
One of them could be he's scrubbing a pot. Another, okay, well, well, we'll put that in the private direct. We don't want to know that, but I bet there's some way we can attach an ad to that. We'll just file that for later. And, and it's a ridiculous thing to think, but I suddenly I'm thinking, maybe I should not be wearing this all the time, you know, because... I mean, I mean, it's it's. I know it's ridiculous because, you know, and sometimes you have that thing where you're not really paranoid, but you suddenly occurs to you when you're in a hotel room. There could be a really tiny camera behind any one of those little <laughs> like vents and one of those little things. And should I like when I when I when I get changed tomorrow morning, should I like be wrapping a towel around myself and change <laughs> inside the towel? <laughs> it's it's all about the unknown and like it's not that you don't. Tr- it's. I guess I guess the I guess the signature thing is that it's I don't believe that like the makers of this fitness band or Google would or is doing that, but I don't know for certain that they're not doing that, and that's definitely a bridge that we're going to need to cross before we can unlock the full potential of these kind of concepts. <laughs> wow, I'm scared now, Andy. <laughs> you should be. You should be. Google is always watching. Always listening. Okay, that, that, was supposed to be a, that was supposed to be a Yoda voice, not a creepy guy voice. I'm sorry. The, the Empire Strikes Back line is, you will be. And even then, it's not reverse Polish notation speech, so you wouldn't have gotten there. So just wanted to clarify. Sorry. You were saying, Russell. I was saying this is probably a, um, a, as good a point as any to, to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor. So uh, this episode of Material is brought to you by Igloo, um, the internet you'll actually like. And the interesting thing here is I actually spent – um, four years of my life as an enterprise developer, and believe you me, like I came a lot across a lot of intranets I did not like. So, so when I heard about the sponsor, I'm like, "Yay! Finally, you know, something something good in this space." And I think the cool thing is um, with Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You can manage your task list from your laptop. You know, during a meeting, you can share status updates from your phone. Um, you know, as maybe you're leaving a client site or something like that. You can access the latest version of a file even from home. And I've heard rumors, and these are just rumors, that some people even do this in their pajamas, you know, crazy, crazy (laughs) people. And I guess the whole thing is that these days everything you do is mobile, so your work, you know, should go wherever you are as well. And, you know, I looked a lot at a lot of these internet systems that I saw in previous companies, and my overriding thought was whoever designed this must truly hate, you know, me and everyone I know and everyone around me because it almost seemed designed to you know, just just pester me and just do everything the wrong way. But Igloo allows you to make your internet feel like a place you actually want to be. You know, it's surprisingly configurable. You can completely rebrand it to give it the look and feel of your team. Um, You even have these things called group spaces where you can go in and give people, you know, role-based access permissions. All the things you'd expect, I guess, out of a, you know, a, a good system like that. And with Igloo, you can share files with your coworkers. So, you know, it's a huge thing when you work at a big company, you've got to collaborate on things. Um, you want to have things like read receipts sent back to you. So now, okay, this person read that. You know, they didn't read this, and it's it's super useful for making sure that critical information you know has been seen by someone, and just keeping I guess everyone in your company on the same page. So, you know, if you have all these same frustrations that that I do or the company you work at does, then Igloo is something you probably want to check out. You know, it's time to take a break from the internet you hate. You can go sign up for Igloo right now, and you can even try it for free for a, a team up to ten people, and that's for as long as you want. So. Teams of up to 10 people, try it as long as you want. Sign up at igloosoftware.com slash material. We really want to thank Igloo for supporting material and all of Relay FM. And we encourage our listeners, you know, go to igloosoftware.com slash material, support the show. So one of the hot topics in design right now is context, context, context. Everything that you're designing for your user is based on context, where they are, who they're with, what they're doing at that moment. 
you know, to provide the user with the best experience, you have to take all those things into consideration. And uh, recently, I was in an Ask Me Anything chat with Liron Demir. He's the head of design at Pebble. And he was talking about wearables because he works at Pebble. And I asked him, besides telling the time, what do you think the single most important thing a wearable such as a watch should do? And he responded, it should tell you the time in a way that's specific to you. You can derive everything else from that statement. And I think that was so powerful because it is so true, right, is that a, a service, especially like a wearable, should give you the information that you need at that time right now. And that's why context is so important. And that's one of the beautiful things about Google now is that it kind of knows where you are. And I think in the future, it's going to know who you're with. And those things, it's going to pop up little cards depending on where you are. So for for instance, if you are near a movie theater, it will pop up a card that tells you all the different movie times um, at that movie theater. And so it's a great little tool if you want to go catch a movie to be like, hey, what's playing right now? Oh, that's neat. We have 20 minutes until the movie. Should we should we go in, uh, you know, get the tickets? Yeah, let's do it. So it kind of saves you an extra click, an extra search. It just provides that information based on where you are. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's. I get back to the analogy of having that assistant, where if you if you hire somebody and they do exactly what you ask them to do, that's fine. That will give you a letter grade of B, and you will get a cost of living increase. The person in any organization you value and you want to hire is the person who realizes that. Wow, he's got like a ton of empty cardboard boxes over there, and he's told me that he has to save those because some of them are for hardware products that he needs to send back. But I bet that he just needs the boxes. We can, I, I, if I if I cut apart the tape and flatten them, he will have this entire room back, and he could, and, we, and I can still just simply tape it back up when he needs that box again. Something that maybe has never occurred to me, or I've never really figured out to do to ask him. That's how you get, you know, that's how you get the canned ham at Christmas time and the and the the twenty dollars Starbucks gift card. Um, this is this is something that's related to uh, Apple Watch, but I think it's it's germane to like what you're saying is mean. It's uh, one of the, one of the things that really delights me about the Apple Watch is that if I'm at Starbucks, uh, it, there will be a notification that has a link to my Starbucks rewards card or my the, the whatever the, you know whatever phony baloney plastic card that you load money onto in exchange for no coffee until you exchange it for coffee later on. Uh, literally giving living uh, giving a uh, uh, Starbucks the float on your coffee, uh, but the, the the idea that I don't have to go surface this thing manually, it, it can tell that I, because of the Wi-Fi signature of a Starbucks, it knows that I'm inside of Starbucks. It figures that there's a good chance that he's probably going to want to pay with this phony baloney Starbucks money that he got tricked into buying. <laughs> uh, you just I mean you, this, these are the sort of things that you sort of hope for and you expect from computers like. The, you, you, you computers, you had an excuse in the 1970s where you basically – you almost had enough computer computing power to keep a seven-segment LED with a number on it. And you were – all the time you were complaining and saying, boy, I really wish that you would just let me communicate through a single LED because keeping these seven segments lit is really taxing me. But now every phone that you get for free that's a crummy phone that you're upset that this is the phone you have – could have sent 14 astronauts to the moon and back again has so much power it should be able to figure things out it should be able to act proactively and no you don't want it to buy things on amazon that it thinks that maybe i would want to buy at some future point but it's at least should be smart enough so that it puts the right tool the right in my in my hand at the moment where i need to get it yeah and i think the other interesting thing about context is 
it's it's not really a new concept. Like I was, I remember distinctly being in a Nokia Innovation Lab, you know, twelve years ago, and I asked them, you know, what what's the current thing that you're working on? What are you, what are you super excited about? And they all said the same thing. It's context. They're like, what what if your phone, you know, knew where you were? It was connected to data networks and knew whether it was inside your pocket in your house or it's inside your pocket as you're walking down the mall or it's, you know, in all these different locations. And that's they they had all these different dreams of, you know, things they wanted to do. But I think back then all the pieces just just weren't there. You know, data networks weren't quite good enough. Um, the GPSs in in phones I took think took three two or three minutes to to get a lock on where you were. Just all the different things they needed to put that in place just weren't there. And I think now we're living in a time where all these little bits of technology have finally come together. You know, you've got fast data networks. You've, you're able to figure out, you know, where someone is based on all these different, you know, signals and sensors that, that your phone has. And all, all of a sudden you've, you can suddenly enable like all this different context-aware stuff that people have been dreaming, on, dreaming of sorry, for so many years. And I think that's really exciting. You know, now my phone... It knows when I'm at home. It knows when I'm in the car. It knows when I'm in the office. It knows when I'm walking around thanks to, um, you know, step counters and all that sort of thing. And now the things that apps, you know, are starting to do with that is really interesting to me. Like I'd, yeah. just just little tiny things like I was talking about, you know, my phone knowing where I'd last parked my car. And that, that's seemingly like a really simple function. But when you think about all the different things that have to come, in, you know, together for that to work, my phone has to know that I was traveling at a certain speed. It has to know that I was in a car, not a bus, and how it does that, I have no idea to be honest. But And then it has to know that I stopped my car, got out, and okay, at this point we should record, you know, exactly what where Russell was at that time. And just little things like that, you know, really excite me. We got some feedback from a listener as well who, you know, is able to open their front door, you know, from their watch. So the context is, hey, I'm, I'm at home, maybe it sees my Wi-Fi signal or it sees my location, and it's bam, do you want to open your front door? And he's like, yeah, I, I tap this thing on my watch and, and my front door is open. It, I mean... Do you guys get excited by that as well, or do you think it's still early days? Or Yeah, I'm really excited for the potential of what it could mean. I mean, Google now is, is doing pretty pretty great, but like one of the annoying cards is when you're not home, Google always wants you to go home. It's like, hey, you're 25 <laughs> minutes away from your house. Why don't you go home right now? Or, you know, I don't know, maybe my Nest thermostat misses me, and that's why it's telling me to go home. But it's, I'm excited for, for the future of what that could mean. I want to be able to just have all this information or what I need provided to me without even kind of thinking about it. And I think that's the really fun, uh, futuristic part of it. Yeah, and it's it's simple stuff like that. I mean, just, just the ability to say, show me that thing I was looking at that last time. Uh, that's a level of intimacy that I think that all devices should aspire to. And and as the years go by, by uh, we have we can be less and less specific. I think at this point, with a lot of operating systems, you can say, "Show me that Word document I was working on last Tuesday." Even that, I mean, the the fact that the fact that we're we have to paw through folders like animals to find a file <laughs> to find a file that the, the the name is irrelevant. It's just you you should you should know that it's here's the here's the research on that statue of the Boston Public Library that I was working on last week. Don't even bother asking me what day last week. Any day last week, if I was looking on a document, working on a document that had these keywords, by all means, go for it. Uh, it's. Uh, Science fiction stays so far ahead of actual reality fact. I think the only improvement that we've had in the days since Star Trek is that the phony baloney robotics synthetic voice is better. But I would much rather have the voice that talks like this every time you give it a <laughs> command with lots of reverb and echo. If I could say, computer, 
get me a ham sandwich and deliver it to the place where you know I'm going to be and tell the people I'm usually with, I'm sorry, I'll search the internet for make a ham sandwich and gather the people at the place where I'm going to be like, no, I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you're trying, but you're just not up to this task. I don't blame you. I blame myself for even attempting this. Yeah, I think this is definitely the, uh, I hate to use the, the word frontier because that's straight out of Star Trek, but it's the next frontier that a lot of companies are actually starting to step into now. Like we saw um, just today, Google announced a project called Eddystone and that that's all about, you know, beacons and setting up beacons in different places so that your phone knows to an even greater level. You know, you're here and you're actually five meters away from this particular thing which which you might want to know about. And the other one they launched um, this week was called Nearby and that's all about your phone knowing your phone and other Android devices, I guess, knowing exactly what else is in the, the room, you know, that you're currently in and that, that it can talk to and potentially do um, interesting things, you know, with. And we might even talk a bit a bit more about that um, next episode. But I, I guess it's interesting that we're finally at that point where, okay, I, I now have three Android devices in my house. They can all finally know that they're in the same place and suddenly interesting things can happen. You know, the simple thing is, it knows I've got a Chromecast plugged into my TV. A little button pops up. I can shoot my video there. But I think there's a potential now to do, you know, way more interesting uh, things than that. And I'm not, I'm probably not creative enough to come up with those things. But I guess the more and more uh, that Google and other sort of companies open this up to developers, the more interesting, you know, things are going to come out of it. Yeah, I I think knowing that you are with someone is like a really neat feature because there are so many times where I, I'm thinking, okay, next time I see my husband, I have to ask him a question about this certain thing or this event. And it's not something that I want to send a, an email for or text messages, just something I want to ask him in person to get a quick response. Or, hey, next time I am with my sister-in-law, remind me to you know, ask her for this or remind me to give her that uh, item that I've been having in my purse for so long and keep on forgetting to give her. So I'm pretty excited about knowing who is nearby and kind of the neat things that will come out of that. And it's just going to expand on on the context. And that, that for me is like pretty awesome and exciting. Yeah. And a lot of it's going to be, I think, generational. Uh, I still get, I wouldn't say upset, but I'm still a little bit, I, I get a little bit miffed when uh, suddenly I get all kinds of Facebook alerts with people congratulating me on eating at this restaurant two nights ago. And I'm like, why are they congratulating me on on something I didn't tell anybody about? And because I was at a dinner party with six people and one of them said, hey, I'm at this restaurant with the following five people. And so uh, a lot of this is the potential that mm. this phone could do great things for you. But unfortunately, everybody in the room knows enough about this feature to have turned that feature off. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, because it's it, there, there's so much of life that it can it can so much of things that can improve your life if you uh, start recording incidental things. I mean, I've had a uh, every time I had a, thir a 30 minute meeting with an editor uh, to talk about uh, things I'm going to be covering over the next month. And the last part of the conversation is, okay, now just everything that like you've approved, just just send me an email that just simply don't even have to preface anything, just like three lines, four lines of what what we agreed to do. Because at some point, I'm going to make sure that – at some point next week, I'm going to like make sure that I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And the first place I'm going to look for it is an inbox. Uh, and if there's not some sort of digital crumb there, I won't figure it out. Similarly – all the times where I wasn't aware of, of how how poorly I was sleeping until I had a fitness watch sort of track that every single night or during the winter 
uh, when there, I spent so much time stuck inside the house because here in Boston, it was like an entire month of snowing almost every single day uh, and below freezing almost every single day. And what a lot of people don't realize that you can actually take a look at all the data that Google is tracking for you. you, can, you can, there's actually just a page on Google in your profile page that's only visible to you. And one of the things you can do is please put up a, a Google map that marks with uh, attached to a calendar that shows me on each individual day what path did I take through the planet. And it's like, oh, so didn't leave the house on Monday, click. Didn't leave the house on Tuesday, <laughs> click. Didn't leave the house on Wednesday, click. Didn't leave the house on Thursday either. Like Google, at some point, you need to call an ambulance if I don't leave the house in four days. Lassie would definitely have like gone for help if the master had not left the house, not moved for four days. <laughs> now, that would be interesting, a, a Lassie plug into Google now. <laughs> it looks like you haven't left the house in four days. I'll go get help. You have 30 seconds to tap this button. Should I have a pizza delivered since you don't seem to be interested in going grocery shopping? <laughs> Ooh, grocery shopping. You left yourself. Yeah. But that, that, that's, that's, actually quite, that's actually quite serious too. There's so, there's so much about health that you're not going to figure out until uh, a, a device can collect all kinds of incidental information. And now I don't want to get the explicit tag on this podcast, but this circles back to something I was asking before. What, what would you absolutely not allow Google or another piece of software to collect? And the odd thing, when I, I, when I was talking to uh, uh, some medical researchers a couple of months ago about this kind of technology, and they said that, honestly, if we could put a sensor in, into your toilet, <laughs> and so we could just do nothing but – and if even if all we did was sense, here is how often you're using the bathroom. There's so much disease we could catch early. And if we could then – again, I don't want to be gross, but do a little bit of taking – you know, seeing what's in there <laughs> – <laughs> that could also say, okay, this person is having a – this is the precursor to what could be a problem because this person has both let us look into his <laughs> toilet but also let us communicate with his doctor. You know, we can, we can basically flash this to the doctor saying, well, he has an appointment in three weeks. Here's something that this highly analytical piece of software has flagged. So perhaps you do want to run this $75 test that you normally wouldn't do. Uh, it's, I mean, if you want to be less gross about it, you can talk about things like, uh, if someone who's in elder care, like how often did they get up and what parts of the house did they move through and did they not leave the bedroom for two or three days? Uh, how many times did they fall over the course of a month when they fell? Did they get did they, every time they fell? Did they get right up again or were they on the floor for about 20 minutes? And that's the sort of stuff that. Uh, even th even if you're concerned that you're getting dizzy and falling down, you might not see that as a pattern until uh, you see a graph that says, here's how many times you've been, fa you, you've been falling down a lot more often. And then the ability to, uh, to also say you haven't been leaving the house as often. And also the ability to say, here is the food that you've been eating in your fridge. Do you notice that you tend to get dizzy a lot five days after you have high caffeine sodas in the fridge again, and maybe you want to take a look at, maybe you should try not drinking that for a week to see if that happens again. So, I mean, there's, it, it's uh, maybe, a, I think a recurring theme of this podcast, if we go to a thousand episodes, will be Google can be damn creepy sometimes. <laughs> but a lot of it is that if you allow other people to look in on you from time to time, sometimes that person can save your life and or make your life better. Oh, Google, taking <laughs> care of us. As long as the... The future of computing isn't just in the toilet. Yeah. Then 
then I'm then I'm happy. One of my uh, plumbing targeted ads. <laughs> one of my coworkers always joked that uh, you know eventually technology such as Google was going to know, hey, your cholesterol's high, and you have something with high cholesterol in the fridge. Now we are going to lock your smart fridge so that you can't get in there. And she always joked about. She's like, no, you're going to have to let me in my fridge, and that computers were going to take over and start telling you what you could and couldn't do. Google, please don't tell us what we can and can't do. Just, just guide <laughs> but, us, but help us. Be, <laughs> but <laughs> I would sign. I would sign up for that in a second. Like if it if it could uh, figure out how well or how poorly I'm a, I'm eating, and not necessarily lock me out of the not me out of the fridge, but let's say that let's say that I was someone who doesn't like to cook every single night. And let's say that because I don't like to cook every single night, I do subscribe to GreenPod or, or another food delivery service so that uh, whatever whatever oligarchical uh, all-seeing eye over everything I do is collecting my data is able to modify my orders and not saying, hey, here, here's your bag of, of rice cakes. You shouldn't, be, you shouldn't have had those Oreos last week. But simply saying, for the next – your next week's worth of meals will contain one really nice red meat steak because you seem to be a little bit iron deficient. Two days. When, one, we're, we're adding a one day a week vegetarian menu to you because we, we don't think you're getting enough vegetables on your own. Again, as long as it wasn't being you know snippy about it, as long <laughs> as it's being you, you have asked us to give you advice and to place orders for you, and you still have the you still have the the ability to order like uh, green mint, uh, 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 key lime Oreos if you want to order them. We're just saying if you're trusting us to make orders for you, we're going to order things that are in your best interests. Yeah, and I think that's one of the the key parts about um, context. In all seriousness, is it probably works best if if companies roll it out, you know, step by step. So they're like, okay, just give us this little bit of extra information, and we'll give you this. You know, a little bit of extra information, and we'll give you this. I think if you have, you know, these people sitting in R and D labs and dreaming up, if we had everything about you, then we could do this. I, I don't think people would accept that. You know, on day one, it's it's almost like the self driving car. You know, you have to roll it out piece by piece by piece by piece until you know, finally, there's just one piece left, and people are like, "Well, you know, we've taken over everything else. Do you mind if we just take over this last bit?" And by then, you're like, "Yeah, you know what? It, it's worked out pretty well so far. That's that's fine. You can have the steering wheel or whatever's you know the last thing to go." Baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I mean, or or like or like Google Glass or Android Wear or stuff like that, where the first people to buy them are going to be the people who are actively excited about having these, even if they don't necessarily work great. And those first two years worth of users are going to make a great version three years from now that uh, ordinary people, like non-nerds, are going to want to put on their wrists and put on their faces and allow it to have access to you through their fridges. Yeah, that's true. There are always early adopters. You know, there's no shortage of people that want to try, um, you know, the latest and greatest tech today, no matter what the cost. So as we're going to wrap up our Google Now episode I would love for us to just kind of share one uh, feature or specific thing that Google uh, now has really kind of changed um, for us and really helped us with. Uh, for one, me is waking up in the morning and seeing the drive time to work and seeing if there's bad traffic or, hey, there's like two ways to get to, to where I work. So it's going to tell me which route is the best way um, to get there, which one's the fastest route. And if there is any uh, traffic, it's going to tell me that or if there's any accidents. So for me, that's the the feature that I maybe use the most just because it's kind of there in the morning. And it's something that when I get up and I look at my phone and I realize, okay, you know, traffic isn't that bad to work today or, oh, it looks like there was an accident. I better uh, make sure to, to plan for that. 
Uh, those those are the features for me that have been really useful. Um, what about you, uh, Andy? What's uh, one of the features in Google Now that has really kind of just been really useful for you? I wouldn't say it's any one specific feature. It's just the idea that when I have a problem that I think my phone can solve, I swipe to the left from my top screen, and chances are the answer is going to be right there for you. I don't have to think about what app I'm going to launch. I don't have to think about what menu I have to navigate in that app to get it. Uh, the fact that it has access to uh, deep core apps uh, and the ability to, again, figure out what I'm going to want at any given moment and be a little bit proactive about it. Uh, it really it really has changed the way that uh, I interact with my phone and um, although I'm going to be soon able to to, to uh, finish my Apple Watch review and go back to using uh, my Android phone full time, that's the thing, hands down, that I've missed the most over this past uh, five weeks. Yeah, and I think for me, um, you know, it's a collection of those things. But if I had to pick out just one, it's probably that it, it now seems to know um, all all the times it's going to take to get places in Australia, which is uh, quite a new feature. You know, two years ago, if you went to Google Maps and said, how long does it take from here to here? It'd be like, eh, I don't know, an hour and a half. Let's let's just make it up. But these days, I tend to put in, you know, the locations of all my meetings, and I no longer have to have the discussion of, oh, what time should I leave home? I just swipe to the left, and it says, hey, you leave in thirteen minutes. And I'm like, okay, I leave in thirteen minutes, and it's creepily accurate, like eerily <laughs> so. Like within a, a minute or two, like plus minus, it, it gets it right every time. And every now and again, um, you know, I'll go to go home, and I swipe to the left, and it'll be like, hey. You know, 55 minutes on your normal route. If you go this way, it's 35 instead. And a few times I've ignored it. I'm like, what do you know like about the traffic? that I? And I've gone down that road and bang, it took like an hour to get home. I'm like, ah, should have listened. So these days I'm like, okay, if you tell me to go that way, you know, I'm going that way. And then later on, you know, you turn on the radio, you look in the news, you're like, yep, sure enough, there was some kind of traffic incident along that route. And I'm like, yeah, I just saved 20 minutes. You know, it's, it's small things like that, that that make a huge difference. I've known to be yelling at Google saying, Google, what do you know? And then when I run into that accident, just like you, Russell, I apologize to Google and say, Google, I'm so sorry. I should have listened to you. I promise to never leave you and not listen to you ever again. Yeah. I, I remember one time I, I normally use, uh, uh, I normally use, I normally use uh, Waze, which is a Google product. Uh, not to navigate to brand new places, but just uh, simply as alerts on what I've what kind of, I can expect on all these routes that I travel all the time. And I was already highly confident of the app when it kept telling me I was driving about like forty five minutes up I ninety three, which is like the only north south route that will take you through the New England states on the east uh, on the east side of, of the region. And driven it, I drive it like two or three times a, a week. There's nothing you can't teach me about how to get here and there. And so I take the next exit. So what do you mean? Uh, I pass, and that was too late. So I, I passed by, take the next exit after this. Like, what do you mean? Like, no, take the, ne- <laughs> and cruise by that one too. Take the next exit. And finally, you know, you sort of get that voice, which is, all right, magic voice. I'm going to take the next <laughs> exit. I don't know why I'm taking the next exit, <laughs> but I'm confident that when I pull over and you explain this to me, you will have a really good explanation. Which is like the boss, okay, you're about to be fired unless the next thing out of your mouth is something really brilliant. And of course, what had happened was unprecedented. A tractor trailer had pulled down a power line to cross not only the northbound lanes, but the southbound lanes of I-93. It was as close to an Armageddon traffic incident as possible because nothing could go north, nothing could go south. 
and I was about to maybe four or five exits later just be absolutely encased in amber. Uh, and so, yeah, you 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 learn you learn to have a certain amount of trust. Usually, that faith comes after a bunch of uh, a long time getting acquainted. Let's say no no one's going to jump in and simply trust someone you've just met. But after you've hung out for a while and they've done you solid and they got your Foo Fighter tickets, even though you know the, the thing's been sold out for for four or five months, that's when you say, you know what, Josh is okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what Josh tells me to do. <laughs> so, I want to thank everyone for listening. And Russell, where can we find you? Uh, probably the best place is Rusty Shelf on the Twitter. And Andy, where can we find you? The price of admission is to spell my last name. You can uh, try Anatko at, uh, at Twitter uh, or anatko.com, which has my blog, which is not updated nearly enough because I, I get distracted by people who are going to be angry with me if I don't write and send the things I promised I would write and send to them. Maybe Google <laughs> Now can, can start prompting you to start writing uh, more blog posts. Come on, Google. Listen. <laughs> I think I, I think I I think that my my editor's version of Google now would say, yeah. If past history is any experience, don't I, I know it's I know you scheduled Andy will send in the column today, but I don't know maybe <laughs> Friday, or maybe he'll think you know it's two p.m. Let's wait until Monday. <laughs> you know him better than I do, but I'm saying that I've just I've just I've just I've seen the same data you have, Mister Editor. I heard there's an entire lab at Google, 20 engineers all working on deep learning just to figure out when Andy will submit an article. They've got it down to the 30-minute mark. And yet if pa- we, are, we have such deep learning, us at Google, that we know that it'll be worth the wait. Every, every sentence will be a perfect gem of clarity, truth, and beauty. You will not, you will not, <laughs> we will not be sorry that you waited those extra three days. And I am Yaz- at Yasmin Evian on Twitter. And of course, I will put the links in the show notes so you can find us. Oh, and I almost forgot something really awesome is that you can now buy material stickers from the Relay FM store. Yay! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you say stickers? Stickers. I love stickers. <laughs> I don't know. The personal question Are you one of those people that covers the back of your laptop in stickers? Because I. I used to hate that with a passion, and I've become one of these people. I now have five stickers on the back of my laptop. I feel so bad, but it's so amazing just to be able to stick them on there. So get some material ones, people. Yeah, I. I should warn you that they're only they're only sticky on one side, though. I don't know if that's an issue, because <laughs> um, uh, this is our first run. So if if these go over, we might make both sides sticky. Uh, we'll have a little <laughs> few a few extra dollars uh, in the kitty there. So the more you buy, the more we can advance this technology. Yeah, and there's even a uh, learning algorithm built in. So how long it takes you to peel the paper from the back of the sticker is actually your, your IQ level. And for me, I've roughly got that down to about 45 seconds at the moment just to find that little... Yes. Yeah, and that's not that's not a reflection on you, listeners. I mean, we're not saying that you don't know which side you're supposed to apply towards the towards your laptop. We're just saying that we're going to take that decision out of your hands in the version 2.0 of this. Although, now that I think of it, this is the same reason why Osborne screwed themselves on the the K-Pro 2000 by pre-announcing the next version. Forget I said that. We're not working on sticky on both sides. This is the only version of the sticker you'll ever get. You should just buy it now. This is the only run. We do get a taste. We're saying we're, we get a taste, this little taste. <laughs> it's the merchandising. We, 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 we're, here to, we're here to have wonderful conversations. We, we hope that you'll enjoy, but we just, we just want to wet our beaks a little. There's nothing wrong with just wanting to wet our beaks a little. Yeah, I mean, I've been to San Francisco. I've seen how the startups do it. The first thing before we start a company is you have to make a T-shirt, and right after that is stickers. So I, I think we've done it the smart way. No T-shirts yet, but we've gone straight to the stickers. And, th- and then a custom skateboard deck. Ooh, I want a material skateboard deck. <laughs> For reasons deck. nobody can understand. It's pretty. 
Yeah, so go buy some stickers and send us a photo. We'd love to see where you're putting material in your life. And you can find us on Twitter at, at materialpodcast and email any feedback to materialpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, relay.fm forward slash material. Until next time, stay in material.